0: Improvising over jazz standards is a somewhat elusive thing. It's this thing that we're all trying to chase and what really has attracted most of us to playing jazz. However, the act of the responding aspect of improvisation seems difficult to master and get better at. So how do we practice improvising in such a way that will help us start making meaningful progress with our improvisations when we do it live? Well, in today's episode, I'm gonna talk about exactly what I would do if I learned a new jazz standard And was trying to improvise over the chord changes and get better at it. Let's do this thing Welcome to the ljs podcast where you get weekly jazz tips interviews stories and advice for becoming a better jazz musician And now your host he's a jazz musician author and entrepreneur brent bartstra What's up, Brandon? You're from Learn Jazz Standards. We want musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve. No matter what instrument you play, welcome to the show. Appreciate having you here today. Never take it for granted, so thank you for allowing me to be in your earbuds. Here to help you learn how to become a better jazz musician, as always. Now, today's episode is actually a lot different than what I normally would talk about when it comes to improv- improvising. We all want to become better jazz improvisers. Something I talk about a lot on this show is... Well, how do we learn jazz language? Okay, we're learning solos and licks from the greats, preferably by ear. So we're building our ear training. We're talking about tactics on music theory, how to apply that, how to choose the right notes, quote unquote, chord tones. How do we compose our own solos to slow the improvisation process down? AKA, how do we get good at playing good jazz language? Like, how do we actually play great jazz solos, right? That's what we talk about a lot here on the show. But We don't really talk about the part that is actually practicing improvising, right? Practicing improvising. Because you do have to practice actually improvising to get better at it. And why do I say that? Because improvising is all about responding, right? When you're composing you're not really responding to something like like on a quick level, right? It's like you're really slowing it down. You're taking your time. You're, you're imagining, you're thinking, you're tr- tr- troubleshooting trial and error. But when you're improvising, you're just playing what's happening in the moment, what you're responding to externally, what you're ins- responding to internally. So we have to actually practice that, uh, that, that entire response. But we also have to re- practice that response over jazz standards, over actual chord progressions. So this show is all about what I would do if I was learning a new jazz standard and practicing improvising over it to get better at improvising over the context of these chord changes. For today's episode, we're going to do rhythm changes. So rhythm changes is considered by many a very difficult jazz standard form, chord progression, to solo over top of. And for myself included, I find that rhythm changes is kind of complicated because the chords are going by quickly. There's just a lot to try to digest and play, and it can be very difficult to improvise over. So this is going to be a great example of how to do that. Before we do that, of course, today's episode is sponsored by our very own LJS Inner Circle membership, where we do monthly jazz standard studies. We learn new jazz standards together in our Jazz Standards Club. Uh, We learn A2s. We learn mapping exercises. There's a training video. We also have Basics 101 101 courses to fill in the gaps in your musical knowledge. We have instrument-specific courses for guitar, bass piano, trumpet, saxophone. We do monthly live Q&A sessions. It's a ton of fun. And we also have practice program courses that help you actually practice different concepts. And we just came out with a new course called Rhythm Changes Accelerator, right? We're actually talking about rhythm changes in today's episode. Rhythm Changes Accelerator is helping you master the rhythm changes song form, actually learning how to practice and dive deep into rhythm changes and all that goes into it. So do check us out at ljsinnercircle.com. That's where you can get access to that course and all of our other courses, ljsinnercircle.com. Would love to have you as a member. All right, let's dive in to how to practice improvising. So a common mistake that I've made in the past, and definitely I see a lot of students make as well, is trying to practice improvising over a jazz standard all at once, right? Now, this is especially a problem if this is a particularly challenging tune for you. Like, these are chord progressions that are hard for you to improvise over. The problem with doing this and trying to improvise over the entire song at once is it's too much information for you to react to. It's too much for you to... Digest all at once, even if you've learned solos over top of the chord changes, even if you've learned licks, all this stuff. Again, it's too much information to react to. So, what we want to do is actually break it up. So, when I'm doing this, I want to kind of break it up into bite sized chunks. Now, this could be four bars at a time, it could be two bars at a time, it could be eight bars at a time, however many that you think is appropriate to address a challenging section within a jazz standard. Well, in the case of rhythm changes today, we have an A-A-B-A form, right? And so quickly to go through the chords, it's, this is in B-flat major, by the way, concert B-flat major. So it's one, six, two, five, three, six, two, five, one, four, sharp four diminished, and then a one, six, two, five, and that's the first A, and then we do an A again. Then we go to the bridge, and it starts on a D7. That's the dominant three chord in B flat. So D7 for two bars, then G7 for two bars, then C7 for two bars, and then we have F7 for two bars, and then we're back to the A again. So that's 32 bars of information to learn. Now, if you were picking up on me going through the chord changes, or if you're familiar with rhythm changes already, you know that the main chord progression that's happening there is this one, six, and that's the dominant six, by the way, two, five, okay? So what do I think of first when I'm trying to think of practicing improvising? Well, the first thing that's in my head is I need to get really good at improvising over a one six. Two five. And I'm again I'm not talking right now about learning jazz language and Sonny Rollins licks and you know Red Garland stuff. I'm talking about how do I react to these chord changes, right? Using the knowledge that I already know about improvising. Okay. So what I want to do is instead of again learning and working on this entire tune, I'm gonna only work on those two bars. Because the other challenge here with rhythm changes is it's only two pars. It's only two beats per chord right that's tricky how do you respond that quickly especially when rhythm changes often like one two i want two three four like that's that's a tempo a lot of rhythm changes are at right So what I'm doing is I'm actually loading up uh, in Band in a Box. Band in a Box is just a really simple practicing tool uh, that you can use, but you can use iReal Pro, or if you want to be a real traditionalist, you can just use uh, a metronome. But I think for the, especially in the case of teaching today, it's going to be helpful to have a bit of accompaniment in the background. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to slow the tempo way down because remember I talked about. A, we have a lot of chord changes happening. So we're reducing it to just these two bars of practicing. But B, we have chords that are moving two beats at a time. That is incredibly quickly. So what I'm going to actually do is I'm going to slow this way down to 100 BPM and see what that sounds like. So the idea here is I'm going to just start letting this backing track play, and then I'm going to just start practicing improvising over this. And I'll tell you kind of what my thoughts are going through this as I start doing it. Okay. So let's get this started. Okay. First reaction is this is still too fast for me. So I'm going to slow it down to 80 BPM. Okay. That's better. The next thing I want to do is I'm gonna just start playing very simple notes, right? So just... Right? No harm. Basically whole notes, or half notes rather. Right? Some different rhythms in there too, but very easy melodies. it for one second. Now, do you see how harmless that was? I I really, I wasn't trying to play hip lines or anything like that, right? Sometimes we do that when we start practicing improvising is we're like, oh my gosh, let's play something really hip or let's try to force that lick that I learned into the picture. Not trying to do that at all, really, right? I, I just started out by playing very slowly, you know, as if like, you know, I'm, I'm walking out onto a bridge that I'm not sure is stable. And I just want to test to make sure it's uh, because a bridge is a bad example. I'm walking onto some kind of structure that I'm not so sure is stable Yeah, I want to put my foot down on it a little bit, make sure that I have my balance okay. And then I'll start walking a little bit more. Maybe a balancing beam would be a better example. But you get what I'm trying to say, right? So what I want to do is continue off of that. So let's keep playing around with it a little bit and see what I can do. Okay, I want to slow it down even a little bit more. I have it at 70 BPM right now. I can play some more subdivisions this way a little bit easier, more triplet patterns. also experiment too right there's no harm in trying some new things right right there i was just trying to play some chromatic ideas moving up um i wasn't sure where i was going with it but i just i'm giving myself the opportunity to react right again i want to keep saying that word throughout the episode today react because that's what that's what we're practicing right now we're practicing reaction okay so now where do we go from here like we could start speeding the tempo up a little bit. We could purposefully make decisions like instead of just working on, like remember I slowed it down a bit and was working on playing some subdivisions. We could go back to playing more whole note and half note ideas and quarter note ideas. We could try playing over the bar line ideas. We could try purposefully playing the chord changes like, okay, worked on chord tones How do I do that? Um, you know, now that I've slowed down the tempo enough, can I think about the chord changes? We can forget about playing chord changes altogether and just try to play anything that sounds good to us. Right. Um, we could purposefully play wrong notes or unintentionally play wrong notes and make our practice the reaction of how do we resolve to a note that we like? Right. There's really no rules, but. We're not really even thinking about licks or lines or things that we learned. All that stuff hopefully is becoming internalized. For example, you may have heard me improvising there a little bit and been like, "Well, Brent, I'm not even there. Like I can't even fathom how you were even outlining some chord changes there. you know, even though I was just playing some very simple stuff, maybe that still for you isn't reachable. But you have to remember. I'm the same as you. All I'm doing is responding to things that I know work or things that I can hear in my head. So that's why there's that one side of improvising where we are learning solos, we are composing solos, we are learning new jazz standards, we are chord tone mapping, we are guide tone mapping, we're doing all that stuff because that's all about the internalization phase. But I'm just reacting to what's happening, right? So doesn't matter if you're not able to play as well as I am um, or you're able to play better than I can. All that matters is that you're practicing reacting the way you know how to react in this moment, okay? I hope that makes sense um, because it really is important to understand about improvisation. Um, Okay, so uh, let's actually just use another example here and go to the bridge, okay? So what I'm going to do is... I'm going to go to the bridge where it goes D7 for two bars to G7 to C7 to F7. So now I'm dealing with an eight bar phrase here, right? And the challenge for me with this section is that whereas the A sections, the chords are moving by quote unquote too fast, right? They're like, that's the challenge of them at least. The bridge, the challenge for me is how do I create good ideas over stagnant dominant seventh chords that are going for two bars at a time? So I can practice that. So let's practice that right now. Okay. And I'm going to keep the tempo actually the same. Well, I'm going to bump it up to 80. Let's put to go to 80 BPM. Okay. That's pretty slow for this, but again, it doesn't matter. We can speed it up later. Let's give this a try though. Okay, that's just an example of me playing a little bit over top of there. You could hear me consciously trying to do a few different things there, right? I was trying to, um, you know, play some double time lines in there. I was trying to play some simple motivic lines in there. There really are no rules, right? But let's just say now I want to consider practicing this at a much faster tempo because I know that in real life I need to practice this a little faster. Let's just bump it up a little bit to 140. So let's try this now. Thank you. Right. So and once I then I can get comfortable playing at 140 and trying different things. And then I can speed it up even faster because I know that needs to happen as well. Right. So, and again, I'm doing very, for the sake of this podcast episode, I'm doing very short spurts of this. The fun thing about practicing, I think, and the relieving thing is that you can spend as long as you want looping a one, six, two, five over and over and over again. There are no rules, right? You can go as slow as you want. You could spend half an hour playing a 1625 at 80 BPM. And that is totally okay, right? Before moving on to even other sections of the song. So I bet a lot of you aren't actually doing this. A lot of folks are just trying to figure out how to improvise um, over the entire tune or you're working out particular lines or things to do over top of different sections. But again, I want to once again reiterate what the difference is that I'm talking about here. The difference is we're practicing reacting. It's not about, are we able to play the most hip lines ever? It's how are we playing melodies and reacting to these chord changes and getting ourselves used to these different zones that exist within the tune. If I can get super comfortable, maybe it takes me five hours to get comfortable playing a one six two five chord progression at eighty BPM. Right, it takes me five hours. That doesn't matter, right? It's totally fine. All we're doing is we're getting comfortable navigating this landscape of the one six two five, and then we're moving on. Okay, so that's the b- the basic concept. And the two to pull away from there is break it up into smaller pieces, uh, break it up into either sections or chord progressions that you perceive are difficult, right? So maybe it's only two bars, uh, but it's just difficult for you to transition from one chord to the next. You could literally practice transitioning from just one chord to another one, just two chords, and loop that over and over again. You only have to do four chords. It could be just two chords. You could even practice over one chord, right? Like one chord. Like let's just say you have like a sharp 11 chord in there, right? You could start practicing, how do I improvise over top of that sharp 11 chord? Let's just work on that for a long time, long time. What's the next chord that comes after that sharp 11 chord? A minor 7th chord. Okay, how do I practice that transition, right? So we go right? I mean, whatever. You could practice that over and over and over again to get good at that. So breaking it down to smaller pieces and slowing it down so that you have time to react. And then as you get more familiar with the changes, your reaction speeds will get faster. Therefore, you can increase the tempo. Okay. One last thing I'll say about this process before closing off this episode um, that I think is important, and that is how should you go about actually breaking up this practice? So One thing that I think is helpful is not to consider like, okay, I'm going to practice rhythm changes all in one day and I'm going to do everything Brent said. I'm going to break it down into a bunch of chunks and just practice improvising over each one, Uh, but I do it all in one day. Well, I, I actually don't think that's the best way to do it. I think the best way to do it is actually to spend one practice session for example, doing that one, six, two, five, right? That's just one practice session. And that way your brain is, you know, you're not stressing out your brain so much. You're just allowing yourself to only focus on dealing with those two bars, right? That's enough to deal with. You don't have to ask yourself to deal with more. So spend time just with one practice session doing that, and it gives your 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 brain a chance the next day. You know it, It's weird how it works. I mean, I can't explain the science 100% to you, but I do know there is science behind it. But it gives this opportunity for the information you're learning to sink into your subconscious once you allow yourself to rest. So if all you're focusing on is just those two bars, then you can come back at it fresh the next day and move on to the next, for example, two bars or four bars of rhythm changes and keep going on. So perhaps you end up learning how to practice improvising over rhythm changes over the course of two weeks or even a month, right? Because you could spend multiple practice sessions just on the one, six, two, five. So again, not only is this helping us you know, get used to these core changes. It's breaking it up into more manageable steps, which is something that we do a lot in our inner circle membership. And we really focus on, for example, in our rhythm changes accelerator course. It's really about breaking it down into smaller steps so we can digest it better, right? So not only are we doing that, I think it's just a huge relief, right? It's It takes so much pressure off to just realize that we don't have to Uh, we have as much time as we need to focus on one chord or two chords, three chords or four chords. By the time you're done this process, then you can feel good about expanding it to more like eight bars at a time or 16 bars at a time. Or hopefully the end goal for sure is the entire song form. So all 32 bars of rhythm changes. I can feel comfortable navigating uh, to the best of the knowledge I have now, the musical knowledge I have now, I can feel comfortable skating over these chord changes, right? Playing some improvisation, okay? So what I want you to think about this week is what tune are you working on right now that you're finding difficult? How can you break it up into smaller pieces? Can you set a time frame that you want to accomplish that, a month, for example, and then go out and actually do it? All right. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Really do appreciate it. Hope that you found this helpful and hope you take action, right? Because knowledge without action isn't really truly knowledge at all, right? It doesn't actually get the benefits of the knowledge. So make sure you take action on today's episode. One way that I can help you take action, of course, is by checking out our LGS Inner Circle membership. This is really a community where We're all about taking action. We're all about learning at least one new jazz standard a month or working on a practice program like our new Rhythm Changes Accelerator program, right, where we're really trying to make meaningful results. And it's really fun to imagine where you could be after just one month of the kind of stuff that we do in the Inner Circle. And then forget about that. Think about one year, the impact it could have. So check it out at ljsinnercircle.com. Always would love to have you join us as a member. All right, we're going to be coming out with another great quick win episode this upcoming Friday. Look forward to seeing you back then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter.